I'm super excited about this personal devotions journal, which we will be starting um, uh, on the 6th of next month. And in fact, I'm so excited that I'm already two weeks into mine, okay? I've already started mine. And, uh, you know, and actually one of the reasons is because I'm planning to preach through it, and so I need to be a little bit of ahead so, so I can be writing sermons and planning things ahead of time. And so here's a couple of things that I've learned that have helped me on my way, that helps me to get consistently into God's Word. Because I don't know about you, but I hear so much, and I say so much, life is really busy, and what gets squeezed out is spending time with the Lord. And so here are some things which I've found that are helpful for me to put in place so that um, I can um, really focus on the Word of God. And I'm speaking specifically about doing this personal devotions journal. Um, If you're listening to this online later, then please reach out to me, and I'd love to give one to you. Um, But the first thing to do is to get a journal, right? Because these have already been paid for, so the church has already been paid for, has already paid for them. I've already bought mine, uh, but from this moment on, they're free, okay? So if you're here thinking, well, I don't want to spend 10 bucks on a piece of paper, you don't need to, right? They are free, and uh, if you feel like giving some money to them later on, then that's fine. But they're free. I want each of you to go home with a Bible journal. So the first thing to do is to get a Bible journal. Second thing to do is is to get a Bible. Now, this is a Bible that you interact with, right? So, um, So that you write in, that you scribble on, you know, all that kind of thing. Mine's tiny because I've been a missionary for six years and I know, you know, the value of being able to stick it in my pocket and just head out. It's incredible. Now, some of you, you know, maybe your eyesight's not as awesome as mine, in which case you need a little bit of a bigger one. And I've seen some of your Bibles and they are huge and that's okay. But, uh, you know, you need a Bible that you can interact with. And so here's how I go through my, uh, my journal. So, Each day there are three chapters. Now I read through the chapters really briskly. I don't meditate and stop and ponder and, you know, really chew over things. I just read through it fast. And as I'm going through, I underline. And uh, in my fancy little Bible, I have a pencil and I have a ruler. Okay, and so these things are ready, so I don't have to think about it. So it's there, and I'm and I'm reading through. And even on the nights when it is getting rather dark, I even have a magnifying glass so that I can read the Word of God. So uh, if you need one of those, I do have some extras, and you're welcome to have one. But all of this is ready, uh, and so and so I mark them up because later on I don't want to have to be searching through through them. They are already marked, and it's kind of like a it's it's a way of um, marking your journey in faith. You know, you know, you look back and see, oh, God spoke this into my life on this particular date, whatever, something like that. So number one is is to get a journal. Number two is to get a Bible. Number three is to get ready the night previous. So don't start making yourself ready the morning of. Now, I wake up at 6 a.m. to spend time with the Lord, and I know that I'm pretty zombie-like first thing in the morning. And so, uh, and so I have this routine that starts actually the night before at the end of the evening, and my, my routine looks like this. 
So I find my clothes that I'm going to be wearing the next morning, and I leave them out in the kitchen on our little island thing. And then I, and then I make myself a bowl of dry oatmeal with raisins and nuts, and, and, then I, and then I leave that in a bowl, and I stick a plate on top of it. Um, and then I make the coffee, and I set it to go. You know, if you have a coffee maker that's able to do this, awesome. And I, and I have it ready to go at 6 a.m. or whenever I wake up. Uh, and then I also lay out my Bible and my journal uh, and my other journal. You know, that's the one that I write in regularly and you know that one as well. And I lay it out on the dining room table ready so that when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to search for it and find it. If it's there ready to go, I'm more likely to sit down with it like an old friend and uh, you know, start having that very special time with the Lord. Um, and this actually, making things ready the night earlier, starts to, um, starts to get me really excited about what I will see or hear from the Lord the next morning. Then the next thing I do is I fetch my phone and I plug it to charge in the kitchen. I leave it in the kitchen and then I go to bed. And, uh, and so I actually use a real alarm, not a phone. And the reason is, is that Wendy and I have worked out that, that it's not helpful for us for the last thing that we look at at night to be social media. Okay, it's just not helpful at all. It gets the brain going, you know, fear of missing out, this, that, you know, it's not helpful. And so we leave it in the kitchen uh, and then we go to bed and then I read my novel on my Kindle and then then I go to sleep. And then I wake up and I shower while everyone's asleep uh, and then I drink a glass of water, I make a coffee, I eat my oatmeal and then I sit down at the dining room table in this already prepared sacred space. Now, I want my my daughters and my wife, to know that, that this is Dan's time with God and that, it's, that I'm not available at that moment in time. And so what I do is I get my, my, um, my little headphones and I stick them in and I, and, and I start to listen to this kind of soaking, instrumental worship music with no words that help me to really be there now. So it's just me and the Lord, and they might walk in, but they know that if I'm there with all this stuff out and my headphones in, that I'm, unless there's a fire, I'm not interruptible, right? And, and that helps me. It, it helps me really focus. It's music which has been made, you know, for the for the honor and glory of God, and it, and it helps me. It, it, it helps me keep focus. And then I pray, and I jump straight into reading God's word. And then I read, read, read through the chapters, and I, and I mark up what seems to be important. And so when I step up from the table at maybe 7 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, sometimes even 8, I know that I have God's word written on my heart, and it feels like that time has gone in no time at all. And and it also helps me because I know that I've been modeling this life f- for my kids that I want them, you know, to have. Um, and so, so they know that the word of God is important because I'm modeling that the word of God is important. And none of this is, you know, well, Dan, you're a pastor. This is your job. None of this is my work hours. This is all, you know, my time. And so, uh, you know, if I'm able to do it, uh, you're able to do it. Um, and... And so, you know, as a simple summary, get a Bible, a physical Bible, because if it's on your phone, phones are fine, but if if it's on your phone, then your Facebook alerts come and this and that and the other. So so get a physical Bible, 
don't use your phone. The only reason I use my phone is for the, you know, the songs. Um, and uh, so a Bible, a journal, get ready the night before, get an alarm clock, get your phone out of your room, get a morning routine. Okay, so that's what helps me. Now, let me walk with you really briefly what, what a soap exercise looks, looks like. Let's find out how we can get soapy. Um, and this is kind of what's this is really taken straight out of my journal, so soap, if you're not sure what that means, because you haven't been walking with us for, for the past few weeks, it means scripture, observation, application, and prayer, okay? Scripture, ob- observation, application, and prayer. And so over, yeah, Christmas, which is a mental time if you're a pastor, I've been meditating on John chapter 1, verse 14, which is, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so I've just been having that running through my mind and that's kept me centered and focusing on what's important. So that's John 1, 14. Open your Bibles if you have them with you. And I'd like to walk through what my soap exercise looks for with John 1.14 to show you how easy it is for you to do. John chapter 1 verse 14, which says, I'll read it again. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So here are my observations. Now, at this moment, I'm not drawing, drawing any conclusions. I'm not making applications. This is what I write in terms of my observations. So I say that the Logos, the word, transformed. He became something that he was never before. He became created matter. The creator became, became created. It's, it's, it's just little thoughts. I'm not necessarily writing big, long, massive sentences, just little thoughts. Um, he became visible. It says, we have seen. And then it talks about his, uh, his glory, which is his essence, his splendor, how wonderful he is. And his glory is now measurable by human instruments for the first time. God is now on our radar in the form of his son. God's glory is no longer on an untouchable mountaintop. It's in the house next door. And then I quote the, the one and only son. And, it, and Jesus is the only way for us to encounter the glory of God. He's the mediator. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is exclusive that there's only one way, but he's inclusive because he made his dwelling here among us. And Jesus dwelling among us means he's, he's, he's here to stay. He, he was not here on holiday. He, he lived among us. And it also shows us that Jesus had options. He could have chosen not to come, but he did, and he bridged the gap. And, and this verse also says that the Father sent him, which means that God was in on this. God the Father was in on this. This was God the Father's plan. And then it says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And, and my observation of that is that Jesus wasn't empty or needy. He was full, full. So that's the O. Now on to the A for, for application. Here are my applications. Jesus, the eternal God, became like me and lived with people like me. 
And then I quote Isaiah. So as I was thinking of that, I thought of this verse. I wasn't sure what it was. I looked it up on the internet, and it turned out to be Isaiah 40, which says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, that my way is hidden from the Lord, that my cause is disregarded by my God? And, and so, so, so when Jesus came and lived with me and, and became like me, this, this um, negates this complaint in Isaiah 40, verse 27. And what I find out in this is that Jesus, or God, knows what it's like to be unadulterated me. And Jesus came shining in his glory, but it was veiled. But his glory kind of squeezed out for anyone who had eyes with which to see. And what this glory looks, you know, we wonder what this glory looks like. Is it like sunbeams or like lasers? Is it like a halo? Is it like a glow? What does this glory look like? Well, John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us God's glory looked like grace and truth. Okay? Jesus' glorious essence is grace and truth. Uh, Jesus, it was full, full of what I need, of what we need the most, Number one, grace, and number two, truth. These are our two greatest needs, God's grace and God's truth. And, uh, and then I say this, that his fullness of grace meets all of our grace needs. He fills us up from his fullness. And then his fullness of truth meets all of our truth needs. He fills us up. We are full of truth. His, his, his grace combats our failure to live up to God's standard and his truth combats the lie that we need to live up to God's standard because we can never live up to God's standard. All we have to be is ready to receive. And then what I would do for the rest of the day is I would take a little phrase, you know, like the word became flesh or full of grace and truth and I would carry it around with me, you know, in my pocket, in my heart and I would meditate on it. I would repeat it over and over again, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth and let God kind of exist in, in that phrase as I walk around. And so that's the, that's the scripture, the observation, the application and here is the prayer This is what I wrote. Jesus, keep me from going through life thinking that you haven't come. Help me to see with the eyes of faith that you lived among us and that even now you through the Holy Spirit indwell us with an intimacy and an immediacy that the people who saw you on earth never knew. You are my grace. You are my truth. Okay, so, so, so that's a kind of a relatively brief walkthrough of what soap looks like. Now, we're going to start this a week from tomorrow on the 6th, and, uh, and our grow groups will be doing it together. Um, and each grow group is simply a chance for you to share a scripture, share your observation, share an application, and share your prayer, and just, just encourage each other. Um, as, and if we're speaking God's word into each other's life, I cannot see how you would be able to leave that group and not be encouraged, okay? But you don't just have to do it as a grow group. If you want to do it as a family, you can do it as a family. And if you think that three chapters is too much, okay, if at the moment you're just reading, you know, one verse and then you're thinking three chapters, how can I ever do three chapters? First of all, you can do three chapters. You are able to do it, okay? But if you feel that you can't, then maybe just read one of them. Uh, That's okay. And so, you, you who are parents here, I, I would really encourage you to see this as a gift for you to start 
uh, growing healthy habits in your kids and showing them and modeling what getting into the word of God looks like. Maybe you think, well, you know what? I don't know enough. You know, there's no way I could write what you wrote. That's okay. You know, just write, let the spirit lead, and, uh, and he will show you stuff, you know. Um, you know, I, I was reading a chapter last week, and it was like, Lord, there's nothing in this chapter. It was like Revelation, you know, chapter 6 or something, and it was mystery and image and, you know, dragons and I don't know, just things, you know, and I was like, Lord, there's nothing here, but you know what? I grabbed the verse. It wasn't one I was particularly drawn to, but I grabbed it and I started to write observations and it just came alive in an incredible way. So, uh, you know, you not knowing enough isn't an excuse. So, but if you do think that, then learn along with your kids. Maybe you're thinking, well, we each have our, our private faith. We don't talk about faith and we don't really pray. Um, in our household. Well, now's your chance to write that wrong, okay? This is a wonderful chance because this is what we are doing as a church family. And maybe you're thinking, well, life is really busy. There's no way I can do this. Well, do you schedule hockey trips? Do you schedule um, shopping trips? Do you schedule school? Do you schedule vacations? Do you schedule breakfast, lunch, and supper? If so, then you can schedule this. I believe in you, okay? And uh, it's also worth noting, if you're thinking, oh, this is way too much, um, know, know this as well, is that there are readings for five of the days a week, five days a week, and then, and then you have the weekends off. So if you need to catch up, you can catch up, or you can rest, which is amazing. When I was a kid, I remember sitting around our table as a family doing our devotions with my parents. It was this little book, red, I can still see it, little kids on the front, and it was called Leading Little Ones. Leading Little Ones to God, I think it was called. And that memory has stuck within me on 39. Make these memories stick with the ones that you love. So friends, you, you can do it in a grow group. You can do it with a close friend. You can do it with a spouse if you're married, uh, with a family if you have one. I'm starting to sound like Dr. Zeus, right? You can do it on a train. You can do it in, I don't like green eggs and ham. Uh, you can do it over breakfast, you can do it over coffee, um, you can do the study ahead of time, and then you can talk about it, or you can do the journal actually as a group and just work, work through, process it through verbally. Um, Monday nights, I do want to give you this heads up as well, is that I'm going to be opening the showroom, and uh, if you're not part of a grow group and you want to give this a try, but you're a bit scared that if you step foot in someone's house, then you've signed away your life and you have to be there forever and ever, well, we will be having one here on uh, Mondays, and uh, you, you know, you're welcome to come and give that a go. And uh, uh, it's a simple evening. All that will happen is I'll introduce things, and then we'll sit around the tables and couches, and we'll just share what God has shown us as we read Scripture as we observe, as we apply, and as we pray. And this will take no more than an hour. If there are kids there, there are parents with kids, and you're thinking, I have to get them to bed, then if, if you come, I will for sure make a promise that we will not go past 8 o'clock, be 7 till 8, and then you can go home, kids with, with, with the Word of God in their mind, ready to go to sleep. Um, so, you know, I want this next 70 days um, as we work through this as a church. I want it to be a transformational time. And uh, like I said, these are free. And so if I can have Nathan come up and he's gonna hand them around. Okay, 
And I would like you to take one, even if you have no intention of doing it, take one anyways. Um, because here's the logic. If you don't take it, you won't do it. If you do take it, you might do it, right? So uh, um, let me just uh, wrap up with saying this, that, that this journal, okay, I've been pastoring for a long time, you know, for 15 years, and this journal has transformed my time with the Lord like maybe nothing else has, okay? Uh, I find that I'm knowing him more, I'm loving him more, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm getting into his word and his word's getting into me, um, and from next Sunday onwards, like I said, I'll be starting to preach through the book of Revelation, and week one, I will give a high-level overview of Revelation chapter one through Revelation chapter five, and then we'll do a deep dive a soapy deep dive on one verse, maybe two. Uh, I'm excited about it, and uh, I hope you are too.